Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. So excited. I am here to talk to you about hope, right? I am quite fired up about this. You'll hear why, but I want to discuss today what hope is, why hope is actually good for us, why I think hope gets a bad rap in the coaching world, and really it's the difference uh, between information and misinformation and between hoping and wishing. I want to talk to you about how to become more hopeful. And at the end, as a special bonus for coaches out there or those considering coaching, I want to talk about how the hope model fits into coaching. So I am so excited about all of the things. We started Camp Courage. It's been so exciting. We've been talking about purpose and how living into our calling and really it being with intention sets us up for new experiences, new opportunities, and really new ways of seeing living with intention and purpose like draws away all of the the dirt and the mud and the muck from our our glasses to see the world as it truly is which is one of the reasons i feel so compelled to talk about hope right now um and i also know that for July in the Courageous Life Society and and Camp Courage, of course, we're discussing courageous belief. And that was my intention. Those two words, courageous belief, was my intention for 2021. And I am sharing with the members and you why it matters. If you want to join us, it's never too late, it's never too early to join Courageous Life Society or Camp Courage. Um, and and here's the deal. I don't, I'm not going to talk to you about belief per se today, but I want to discuss the precursor to belief, which is hope, right? And I need to tell you, I feel like disclosure here that I'm certainly very biased in this area. And let me explain why. I was 20 years old at the University of Kansas, directionless, uh, you know, was unanchored to an idea of who I was, what I was able to achieve. Look at me, I didn't even know that I had my KU cup um, while I was talking about this. And, and I was adrift to say the least. I was the first of the first generation college student, first person um, in generation after, I mean, first person to go to college, right? And I didn't think I should be there. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't, I was um, socially intelligent, but 
all evidence would suggest that I was um, not cut out for college, right? I had what I didn't know at the time was quite severe ADHD, right? And dyslexia. So I had to really struggle. Um, and I say now hindsight is 2020. It really made me who I am. But I took a course dun, 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 called The Psychology of Hope by Dr. Rick Snyder, and it changed my life. Um, so many things about uh, my experience. Okay, you changed my life. But this was the first experience in the world of psychology. I had taken Psych 101 and Social Psych and uh, I think a developmental psych course at that point. Then I took the Psychology of Hope and Rick Snyder was the man. And I am, I am quite choked up about talking about him. He has passed away. And while I had written him a letter that um, he was and meant so much to me, I just, it, it breaks my heart that I can't share with him um, what I've been able to do and accomplish. Um, he passed away in 2006. I graduated with my master's in 2005. Um, so he just, uh, he, he met so many things to so many people, but he lived with debilitating, excruciating physical pain. And he would talk about that pain to 20 year olds, 21 year olds, right? To this uh, 300 level psychology of hope class, right? And I remember being struck by this disbelief that someone could be so, could be in such pain, hurting, and the stories he would tell about other people, other clients, and yet they could hold on to this idea of hope. And, and it allowed me in my personal life um, to see that I could hope for a different future than the one I saw before me. Um, and in, and little did I know at the time how much his um, theories and his orientation would impact my experience um, and my career today in the world of coaching. So that's just a little thank you, Rick um, Snyder, for all that you've taught me all that you've um uh, that you've you've given so many people um you know i i work with clients that express a lack of hope and not in the way that you would think because they're hiring a coach right um but when we dig into this real definition of hope i want you to understand that we will lack hope at different parts, different times of our life. We face adversity and struggle as we try to achieve our goals. And so I, I, I want to get to this idea of like obstacles and struggle as we go, um, as we work to achieve our goals. Um, but I want to first define, as I said, what hope is. 
And really hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, along with the belief that you have the power to make it so. So hope is the leading indicator for success in so many areas, relationships, career, academics, right? Business, um, as well as a healthier, happier life. And really, if we talk about it, hope is the bedrock of our um, spiritual life as well. So I want you to understand that we're going to talk about hope theory, which emerged from Dr. Snyder's work. Um, and, and really hope, based on this, is the sum of your mental willpower plus that way power that you have towards your goals. So let's, let's get into that. Hope is really the positive motivated state it's a cognitive process, right, with three distinct elements. So the first element really is that goal-directed thinking. It's valuable. Um, it's those goals providing a direction to an end point. So it's those that how you get where what point B is and defining that. Um, and, and we're going to get into this. I'm just going to give you the what it is. Um, the second is that way power. And, and it's really the, the driving force in the hopeful thinking, the determination, the commitment. It's the perceived capacity to find roots from the present to the desired goals. So it's, it's the pathways thinking for those of you um, familiar with, with how we think about um, coaching as well. And then the third is willpower, which is that agency thinking. So that is the requisite motivation, your intentions, your confidence, your ability, and your belief to use the routes that you've considered, right? It's those mental plans or roadmaps, how you're going to, how you're going to do it, your belief. And so the last two, way power and willpower, influ influence really the movement towards goals, right? And those of you that have heard me coach on the three-step process to developing an unshakable and courageous commitment, um, sorry, um, <laughs> he had someone going wild, a dog. So anyway, and, and then, a child because said dog was going wild. So anyway, um, when you've heard me talk about the three-step process to creating unshakable and courageous commitments, um, you know that the three steps, I, I, I am 100% committed to the goal-directed thinking. I care about this because the willpower and I will accomplish this through the following ways, the way power. Um, so it, it really combines those elements. And that also, um, learning from Rick, also it's, it's the cognitive behavioral process, right? Your thoughts and emotions, that willpower um, influence the action you take, which ends up as your thought, uh, your results, which is those goals.
And so um, the key to Rick Snyder's theory is really that hopeful thinking and hopeful belief requires both the perceived ability to generate how we're gonna get there, how we're gonna get to a goal from point A to point B, and you hear me coach on that a lot, and also the ability, perceived ability, and intention to use the routes to get you there. And so really, what's fascinating um, about this to me and and how he really um, and how he really explains this I mean look at this book it's not for the faint of heart we had to read it in the class this is not my original um, book which breaks my heart the original book is somewhere in my house um, I have three floors. I love my house, but I often lose things. I put them places that I will remember and then I forget. So I have two other of these books for each child. So I'm using that right now. I I didn't, I guess I didn't realize um, how much hope I had for the future. Um, but that's besides the point, but um, it's cyclical so that we understand that that willpower that agency leads to more way power the pathways and more pathways lead to higher levels of willpower or agency the confidence and commitment towards goal achievement and you might be thinking okay what else why is hope why should i care about hope well, high hope individuals are more resilient. They experience lower levels of anxiety and depression. They experience better outcomes in the workplace and at home. They do, they help us. We're less likely to abandon our goals and more likely to stay the course in pursuing our aims. Now, I do need to mention a few other um, authors. Um, uh, Martin Seligman, whose name I always, um, he's uh, really one of the founders of positive psychology. And in this book, he of course says that one of the other founders is Dr. Rick Snyder. I've been saying that, but Rick gets, I think, ignored. He wasn't at the University of Pennsylvania. And so sometimes his, his research and his contribution sometimes is overlooked. And then I also want to credit Shane Lopez. Um, he was a professor at KU and then went to Gallup and did research around hope as it relates to academic achievement. He did a ch children's hope scale. They have an adult's hope scale, which I'll link to in the show notes. Um, I, I, in preparing for this, I, I don't know why I'm going to, say this this is um was this is very unscripted <laughs> or off my agenda i'm not scripted but off my agenda um i he passed away uh, shane lopez did too after suffering um after suffering and um i went to email his wife Allison Rose Lopez, uh, she was remarried after his just untimely 
heart-wrenching passing. And I went to email her and didn't realize she had passed away in August of 2020 after a sudden unexplained, unexpected illness. So it just goes to show that um, we've got to have hope. You don't know when life will take you. Shane was um, in his 40s. Allison is five years older than me, um, was five years older than me. So she passed young as well. Um, how are you holding on to hope that your life will mean something, that your life will matter? You know, we have people that lo we lose contact with. Um, and sometimes they will never know how much they meant to you. Um, so this is all just to say, hold on to hope and also tell those that you care about um, that meant something to you, how much they mean to you. I have about 17 letters I need to write after I get this recorded um, to people that, that meant so much to me during that time in my life, um, uh, during that season of my life at the University of Kansas. So, but that's neither here nor there. No, it is, it matters because all of the the people that did this research um, that meant so much uh, passed away, you guys. So so Allison um, was married to Shane. Shane, guys, guys, guys. Okay, anyway, I'm going to get back on track. Sorry about that. But we just know that um, hope matters. Hope helps us live with belief and the way to get there and with excitement and also with realness and rawness and and presence and intention and beauty and grace that's what hope is to me so live your darn life i i was gonna say another word um live it all all the way so um we also have seen that later research um, that have used this, um, the hope theory and the hope model, um, it, it really helps keep a person focused on one's goals as keeping a person going or as a way to control negative thoughts and negative feelings. So um, that's what we do, right? And I want to say something. This is my rant. That was a... Uh, that was off topic. This is a rant. Sweet friends. Um, I don't know how to say this. I People can think what they want to think. But I have heard coaches recently say that hope is a negative thing. A popular podcast that people listen to that I know clients have reported back to me promoted or uh, um, released an episode titled Why Hope no, hope is a problem. And as this podcaster stated, this is a quote, many of my clients believe that hope is a positive emotion and a concept. However, the way they think about hope and use it in their lives actually hurts them. Hope is deceptive. Hope doesn't inspire action. Being hopeful comes from a place of lack and security. What? Sweet 
sassy. I am not sure that this person has studied positive psych, has studied the psychology of hope and, and worked in um, hope research. I forgot to say that, that Dr. Rick um, gave me my first research experience and I was like, oh, right? I got to like record, um, first I got to record uh, interviews about um, the hope scale and what people thought about or their reflections on how much hope they had. And then I got to do the interviews. I mean, guys, so, so I admire this person's work for the most part, right? But clearly this is someone who hasn't studied hope theory. And if you go back to, I think two weeks ago, the podcast, why I am concerned that some coaches don't have a depth of knowledge and yet they are speaking to these topics. And yes, there are very differences of opinion and I am here for that. I am here for conversations and I want to have my own conversation and, and push back to say, do you understand the psychology of hope, sweet, sweet colleague? And, and I think it is, it goes back to that challenge for coaches who don't have a deep understanding of the psychological theories that it underpin our work and our understanding. We're going to get to this at the end of the episode. If you want to stay on, if not, you can get off. And we have thoughts and our thoughts create our beliefs. So this is someone's thought about hope. Totally fine. But where I am challenged by this is that this is someone who has trained thousands of coaches, sweet friends. And I feel that this perpetuates misunderstanding and mis misguided experiences. And this is my rant, so I'm gonna go back to hope theory, but I hope that this is an opportunity for us to have some conversations around who are we listening to? What training do they have? This is also the person who has claimed that she's created a model. The model is cognitive behavioral interventions plain and simple. And so I just, I just worry sometimes, but okay, we're going to get to how to be hopeful, right? I didn't mean to be this to be so worked up. Okay. So I want you to think about what would it look like for you to decide and put into practice with a fantastic coach who understands this work, and this un uh, understanding how to orient your brain around the goals you want to make and the, the thoughts you need to have and the emotions that you need to create the actions, the way power. So that it's that willpower, thoughts and emotions to get to the way power, the actions. And so where is the disconnect for you? And so I uh, was going to, oh my gosh, like he um, 
talks about the death of hope and what like what happens um hope in in um hope in childhood i'm trying to get to the assessment okay so i want you to how would you answer um measuring hope in yourself right um and there's i'll link to this but i just wanted to ask you a few questions here um if this is one to four on a scale one being definitely false two mostly false three mostly true four definitely true um, if i should find myself in a jam i can think many ways to get out of it so what would your answer be at the present time i am energetically pursuing my goals there are lots of ways around any problem that I am facing right now. I'm going to say so many things, but I'm just going to go through this. Right now, you notice that mindfulness, that present moment. I can see myself as being pretty successful. And this, the, the, this is a state hope scale. There's modified hope scale, so you will see different ones that I will attach. Um, five, I can think of new ways to reach my current goals. And six, at this time, I am meeting the goals I have set for myself. And this state hope scale, is it going to be a stable answer? They gave the hope scale over three months, over a year, over, it remained pretty stable, sweet friends. Because why? It's what we're telling ourselves. It's the thoughts and emotions that we're creating over time um, and the strictest steps test of whether the hope um, scale changes over time comes by giving the hope scale to the same people as they go in their 20s 30s 40s and beyond um, it hasn't been tried and i suspect it's been abandoned um, i sent several emails back um, because uh, the researchers have both passed away. There's other people doing this, um, but I would be interested in, in really um, looking into what um, and how, and, and we knew it changed over years, but what, um, what does it look like? And um, of course I'm getting uh, distracted, but okay, so we, we know that we um, we have so many options on how to do this. We we um, there's we come up with routes to take. We have rehearsals. We do um, insurance. We do worst case scenario guides. We also believe skill based ways. We do um, we believe in ourselves. We create. Um, thoughts and emotions that will support our work, that will support our goals. Um, there are a, a willpower checklist that he has in this book. So it is like what you can do. Um, uh, learn to talk about yourself in positive ways. Anticipate the roadblocks that will happen. You do all of this in coaching. But if you are not working with a coach, you can tell, you can start this now. You tell yourself that you have chosen a goal. So it's your 
opportunity to go after it. It's on you. Um, you think of problems as challenges that excite you, right? That you recall your previous previous experiences with successful goal pursuits, right? We, you keep a list of all the accomplishments um, so that you can remind your brain as they're happening, like, oh, I'm making progress, because here's what our brain will do. It will say, we're not making progress because we have that negativity bias inherent in our brains and we have to see, we have to know. Um, my favorite is like, find a substitute goal when the original goal is blocked solidly, be able to be mentally flexible, enjoy the process, not focus only solely on the goal attainment, be able to fail, right? So, so, so many things and we know that, that Coaching targets both the, the thoughts and emotions, the willpower, and also the way power. Um, and so really hope reminders, uh, put them in your phone, have a diary of daily achievements. It's like, okay, I did this yesterday. I can do this today. Um, also asking what else is. So exploring what is working, um, what's already working and what else could be underneath that there are so many ways to become more helpful but hopeful and helpful to yourself and more serving but here's what it it really takes is is naming that which where you are right now the thoughts and emotions and the actions you're taking that are not in alignment with your goals. That's, that's the first step. So uh, this is important work. It, it matters. It is so good. Um, and it is so meaningful to be seen, to know that you can be hopeful find a way. And so, as I said before at the start, that hope really is the precursor for belief. Belief is just thinking a thought over and over and over again in a, until it becomes your reality. So often what happens is we live in that state of cognitive dissonance, right? So that we are at point A, we wanna to get to point B, and we still have all of these old thoughts. We want to believe the next thing, but our brain is unable to do that for us. So the work is really getting clear and getting uh, understanding. So you guys, I'm so thankful for you tuning into this very uh, exciting episode of Rant, All the Things. Um, I'm so grateful for your time, your understanding. If you want to dig deep into hope, if you want to dig deep into your goals, I am announcing um, a three-month coaching program. It is one-on-one -on -one coaching with me and um, potentially some other um, coaches that will really help you dig deep. Um, so maybe 
uh, the Courageous Life Society or Camp Courage isn't for you and you want one-on-one -on -one approach, um, you will get access to all the training guides that are in um, the Courageous Life Society, but you want to work one-on-one -on -one with me. Um, I be looking for that um, June 15th, which when you're listening to this podcast will be very soon. So sweet friends, I'm so grateful for your time. Okay, you may sign off now, but for those of you that want uh, more information about how coaching aligns with the HOPE model, I got you. Tune in. We're just going to go right on into it. So I want you, um, if you're a coach, I want you to understand that coaching truly fascinatingly aligns with a the tear process or that cognitive behavioral approach um and and really dr snyder's hope model um shares elements of most widely used um, coaching interventions like brainstorming and the wheel of life right all of those he he teaches those in here both useful and developing the pathways and agency thinking and we also use various tools those of you that um, are in coaching like the grow model or the g power model or the tom's approach which really the grow let's get into grow which stands for goal current reality right notice what we're doing there a goal what is your current reality what are your options or obstacles depending on how you use that or if you use both and then wait for it the will or way forward it remarkably aligns with uh, coaching around the hope model aligns with the grow um, model for coaching we know just to be clear here, you guys all know that um, that GROW model was developed, I think, in the 1980s by uh, Whitmore, Sir Whitmore, and some other people. <laughs> that's all I, you, that's not very kind of me, but that's, I just remember Sir Whitmore because it was pretty, like, awesome, right? Um, and he was a business coach. But anyway, um, I think a good way of thinking about the GROW model and understanding it is to think how you plan a journey. This is how we walk our clients through the, the initial coaching agreement at the beginning of the session. So you decide where you are going, the goal, and establish where you currently are, your current reality, and then you explore the various routes, the options, what you're going to see along the way, right? You guys have seen me do that work of point A to point B, and we draw out a map, and you draw out, like, in every webinar, coaching uh, opportunity, I love to do that or put it on the screen. Um, and so in the final step, uh, you are establishing the will, um, which is you're ensuring that you're committed to making the journey and you're prepared for the obstacles you can, um, might see along the way. Also knowing that what is fascinating is that, um, we, we do this work pre-session, pre or coaching, like the coaching agreement, that setting um, piece, and then we do it 
each session. When we ask our clients the questions, right? What do you want to get coached on today? Or how can you, what do you want to accomplish? What result or outcome would you like by the end of the session? Uh, what's important for you about this? How will this be different for you at the end of the session? How will you know that you got what you needed after this session? So we're not only embedding the, the hope model in, in the, the overall coaching goals and what we're working on with the client, what they're doing, the work they're doing, but we also model that in each individual session. It's fascinating. So when we say that, um, you know, uh, someone developed this and uh, there, there is, um, there is a depth to this that I think some people don't acknowledge. Um, you, even in coaching, we look at options. Like I could do this, I have some choices. Wait, I'm not as stuck as I thought I was. So we understand that a range of possible options opens our brains up. So it's, it's that pathways thinking is generating more options and more possibilities, but it's simultaneously strengthened our agency thinking so that goal achievement can be so is much more likely. And so I often will ask clients, what would it look like? What would make this um, a high hope week for you? I don't say high hope, but what are the some small steps you can take? How can you use your coaching knowledge to support someone else to have high hope or, you know, without um, coaching someone without their consent? So I'm so excited. If you want more information, you have been hearing rumblings. Um, I am offering the first ever Cycle of Courage Certified Coach Training Program. I have not, I'm not um, promoting it at this time, but if you've made it this far on the podcast, I feel like you're the person I'm talking to right now. <laughs> and I'm so excited. So if you want more information, you just need to email me hello at jessicastong.com and you're like, I need more information about this because you will learn the, the, the psychological based coaching practices um, that will set your clients up for success and you up for success. Um, so super excited about that. I mean, I will promote it in some ways, but I am looking for a cohort of five people. Uh, that's, there's more to say about that, but for the first, um, I want five people. That is it. I believe I have four. So XOXO, sweet friends. I can't wait to see you next time. Have a great and courageous week. Thank you so much. Oh, if I end my recording, that would be. 
And as always, I want to remind you, if you want more information about how to work with me, if you really um, have heard anything on this episode that you're like, wait a minute, you can go to jessicastong.com. You can learn more information about the Courageous Life Society, a group coaching membership that really helps you take all this information and apply it. And also you can get more information about one-on-one coaching. Thank you so much and have a great and courageous week, everyone.